It's March the 10th, 2020. This is 508, a show about Worcester. Hi, Brendan. Hey, Mike. How are you? Good. What is this format that we're, we're doing the show on today? Um, this is uh, We're using StreamYard, which is uh, the back end. It was introduced to me by Travis and company over um, with the, uh, the live sort of uh, city council roast that we've been doing for the last couple of weeks. And it's, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, makes for a nice little setup. Although yeah. I would, I'd like to be with you in person, but, you know, I guess... We're still pretending pandemic or whatever. This works. Yeah. For people who've been following the show a long time, they'll they'll know this that we we like to change the sort of technological foundation of the show on a pretty frequent basis, so that we can never. So we have a good excuse, I guess, for not doing a good show for like months um, at a time. Yeah. 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 You know, once we sort of master one way of doing the show, we'll switch to a different platform. Um, how 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 is the uh, how is you guys' city council roast going? It has been a lot of fun. It is um, it's also weird, though, too, because I keep getting like weird um, communications with city councilors or, or by way thereof where like people are really, really upset. I don't mm. I don't know. It, it's it's funny. Like, it seems like it's a funny game of like childhood telephone where uh, somebody will tell somebody we said something that was just never said. Um, yeah. And then people's feelings either get hurt or whatever. So it's kind of it's, it's actually been a really weird experience. But mm-hmm. really fun. Um, it's a group of really smart people and some really good guests regularly uh, coming together, uh, really engaged with seeing what's going on in the council meetings, which usually is nothing. Uh, this past week, we had a, a one hour debate over um, denuclearization here in the city of Worcester. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I still have a, a crocodile living in the pothole in front of my house, but we spent an hour discussing nuclear war uh from yeah a worcester perspective yeah 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 the city council man um it's been a while since we it's been a while since we did a show i don't feel like we can even wrap up what's happened in the last four months it has been um, a while yeah no um well we can see our faces again legally yeah yeah your face looks great thanks man yeah. likewise this mustache is a good look on you <laughs> uh it feels like it feels like starting off into 2022 like uh, all of the, all of the sort of vague foreboding negativity that seems like it's building, building up in the world for the last five to seven years. Um, but that, which, I mean, from some people's perspective, I guess it has been, you know, bubbling up and exploding all the last five to seven years. My perspective, it always seems like it's been just around the corner until now when we're like facing, how do we wind down a pandemic crossed with how do we avoid a nuclear war? Yeah. Those are, those are relatively big questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think anyone was prepared for. Yeah. 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 Uh, I guess the, I guess the big, I guess the big thing we need to talk about is our latest Worcester based uh, pro- professional video production. Um, yeah, I guess we do. I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> do you want to bring it up? Yeah. Let me, um... it's not Hollywood, but in some ways it's probably better. I think it actually is better. And it's, um, here we are here. Yeah, this is um, Joe Petty. Each day I have served as Worcester's mayor, I've been guided by one principle. How can I improve the quality of life for every resident? No, I really like this. First of all, I appreciate you got like a drone shot. You got all mm-hmm. these shots with like a shot, like the shallow depth of field, which I think is what you call it whenever like everything in the background is kind of fuzzy. Yep. Like Joe Petty is crystal clear and it looks very professional. Like maybe somebody posted it to Instagram. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, 
he's all over the place too. I like that there's like a quiet, and I'm not even going to be, I'm not even being sarcastic here. Like, I think that this is a good video. I think that like, this is like a best case scenario for a Joe Petty running for state Senate campaign video, because it shows that he's very serious about doing the job. Like it's a regular adult YouTube campaign video, right? Mm. Um, He's not like winking. He's not like doing some kind of weird meme stuff. At the same time, he's Joe Petty. So when you have Joe Petty up there talking about Worcester with heroic music in the background, it's as crazy as if you had me up there talking about Worcester with heroic music in the background, right? Joe Petty is like not a heroic figure, does not think he's a heroic figure, which I think is greatly to his credit, right? I mean, I but he's, he's also like, not a film producer, so he kind of had to just roll with what was given him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so like on it, like I think that this is fine. I mean, it's it's like somewhat awkward because like Joe Petty standing up at saying he wants to run for state senator is going to be somewhat awkward right joe petty is like a guy joe petty acts like he's a guy i mean he takes being the mayor of worcester seriously he's not like going out there like drinking beers at the city council meeting or anything but he's also like i don't know he's also like not walking around like he has some sort of gigantic plumed hat from the 17th century or something right he's like (laughs) i'm just a dude i'm not god i'm not like a powerful elected official you know I'm i'm the chairman of the most powerful committee in city government which is to say the school committee and, you know, otherwise I just have like a lot of meetings I have to go to. And like, that's not nothing, but it's also not like uh, me, me being some sort of charismatic, powerful person. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I think the only thing that is awkward about it is the tone is I'm Joe Petty. I'm running for state Senate, comma. And if I win, Donna Calorio is your mayor. And like, this that, is true. <laughs> that part, I feel there needs to be a sequel and I hope the writers are putting, well, I mean, you should play, you should keep playing. You should keep playing this video. Um, How can I improve the quality of life for every resident? During these challenging times, I've worked to bring all parts of our community together. See, look at this. He's talking to some people, public health. (laughs) He's outside schools. They're wearing masks responsibly. That was great. I've also not been afraid to take on, some of the big generational challenge. That one. And this is where I thought this is where I thought he was going to say universal basic income, <laughs> uh, uh, artificial intelligence taking over the world. This was um, a little on the nose for me, Mike. It was, I feel like, with the exception of the only thing I'm missing here is a is a toddler. It's okay. like the words that are being said dealing with generational challenges, and then we have a represent a representative of every generation that could possibly be alive uh, in the world today, with the exception of a baby. There and, you go. Yeah, I mean, some of the big generational challenges that face our communities, such as <laughs> climate change, food insecurity, racial justice, transportation reform, and economic inequality. I mean, they totally left out nuclear disarmament. I mean, they that left was... out nuclear disarmament. I feel like I feel like uh, like like zoning reform feels like a big one to me. Um, um, yeah, yeah but... I mean, we, our, our plow budget has been uh, level funded for a number of years now. I mean, I appreciate that he's not talking streets and sidewalks, which is normally what people talk when they're running for city council in Worcester, or normally at least how they're getting votes, which well, is, this you is know. a big district. I mean, have you been, have you been to Northboro recently? The streets are no. beautiful. They have no. fantastic streets and sidewalks uh, in Northboro. So it's, it wouldn't Again, resonate. We have made progress. Have built a it's not, a, no, on my screen, this is showing at a very slow speed, Today, making him look very exciting, but I assume this is just lag on my side. It might be, yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> no, why is he in this, why is he in this blasted out post-apocalyptic zombie room? Yeah, I don't know. 
And I feel like I, I froze it at the right time, too. I mean, even Joe is asking the same question. Why am I in this room right now? And where was makeup when they put me in this room? Oh, but Joe Petty's not, again, I like. I feel like Joe Petty is not a makeup guy. If he's wearing makeup, that's fine. But Joe Petty is not like, I mean, he's like trying to look like he takes it seriously, but he's not trying to look cool. Um, I mean, is this room, somebody have something to do with like renovation, re, re building lofts and things i think he was going for like the late 90s early aughts sort of like uh emo band uh you know all right kind Good of thing me. everybody in worcester was doing now that i want to bring time. my experience and leadership skills to the state house and be an advocate for you and all the people who live in the first worcester district this is terrible right here this is the worst this is like super wide stretched out joe petty yeah. Way more wide and stretched out than like the petty percent of Dr. Bob. That's terrible. That looks very, I don't know. That just looks terrible. That's like stretching the words out to the point where they're no longer aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, you don't want to do was, that, guys. That was unnecessary. Anyway, I mean, I, I assume that Joe Petty wins or loses no votes based on the quality of his YouTube video. But it does feel like it's it does feel like that's the kind of thing that you it's like part of the part of the uh, part of the admission, part of the cost of admission for running is to like make that video, right? Yeah. I mean, and I guess that's just it, right? Is um you have to go through the motions, you have to do these things, and some of these things are they're really goofy, to be honest with you. Like I don't even know where they fit in uh in modern campaigning. That's I, I but again, I'm I'm probably an outlier on that. Like all I, I'm not on Facebook really anymore. So I miss all of that nonsense and I'm not really interested other than to laugh at them in these campaign videos that don't tell you anything, um, nor should they, right? Because you're going to take, what, two minutes and uh, you're going to drill down uh, dealing with the Commonwealth of Massachusetts uh, in, in two minutes. Like if you think that you can drill drill down in two minutes, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, I'm not interested. Right? <laughs> it's going to take a little bit more than that. So yeah, I think all of this has just gotten silly. I mean, so I think that you could argue that Joe Petty during his time as mayor has been, you know, the mayor while a lot of various questionable things have happened. Maybe, maybe most notably the construction of America's most expensive minor league baseball field. Which we saw um, lots of in that video. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so well, this is what I was going to say is on the other hand, if you had told me 10 years ago, oh, yeah, somebody's going to run for state Senate for this district and they're going to have a video which is going to be them in the city of Worcester with a lot of photos of stuff in the city of Worcester. And they're going to be like, this stuff is why you should vote for me. Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, I think I would have been like, you're insane. What are they going to be standing? What's he going to be standing in front of? You know, what, <laughs> what blasted out vacant lot is he going to be standing in front of? But now yeah. there's like a lot of clean cut looking stuff in the city compared to what they used to. There are. And I, and I think there is, you know, there, there isn't much in terms of new development that I find super attractive, but that's just because I'm old and boring, right? Like it's, it's not for me. Um, or mm -hmm. I'm young and exciting in some regard, and I'm not interested <clears throat> in sports that uh, represent uh, the, the high watermark of AM radio. Mm -hmm. um, but either way, I, I'm just trying to be fair and that they're not for me. So it's okay for me to pass on them. I think from an outside perspective, though, it's impossible not to look at the city and say some really amazing stuff has happened here. But there's a story in Mass Live today. We've got a developer who's kind of uh, moved into town from the North Shore area that has plans for a thousand units of housing over the next four years. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of housing. Right? <laughs> mm -hmm. it, to your point, if we went, went back to like when we started the show. So, yeah, like how when do you think it's some guys just going to randomly show up and start paying cash for mountains of, uh, of, of dilapidated real estate so we can convert them to a thousand units of housing 
in short order, we would have laughed at the notion, but it's actually happening now. And it, it's yeah. happened under Joe's watch. So, yeah. 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 So is, am I right in remembering that over the last 10 years, our population increased by about 20,000 people? Is that about I where it was? I believe that is the number. Yeah. I don't think okay. it's gotten back to where it was in the fifties, um, which I think was 235 mm. uh, or so. Um, but it, it has increased significantly. Yeah. Yeah. I, it just makes me think that, you know, that means that, if you were gonna, if you were gonna sort of keep pace with the amount of housing, you'd want to be adding two thousand units a year, and I think ideally you want to build a lot more than that because the price of housing is too high, and having more housing for a big chunk of the housing market, having more housing means housing gets cheaper, yeah, uh, or at least it gets more reasonable. That so that you know you probably want a lot of people, or you probably would expect a lot of people to be out there saying like, yeah, I'm going to build a thousand units of housing here, a thousand units of housing there, because you're going to need thousand units of housing, thousand units of housing. Here and there and everywhere for years to come. Totally. No, no, no. Yeah. You know, that's the two things that I think are relevant there are when did that population really start to grow uh, because of the lag that we see in the way the census is captured? Um, Probably more uh, significant growth uh, in the latter half of the last decade in terms of um, the enumeration. Um, On the housing front, though, it's not just us. I think the amount of housing that that we're seeing uh, developed here, while not enough, uh, is still significant in terms of what you're seeing elsewhere in the Commonwealth and nationally, which, I mean, w- when people talk about a housing crisis, we are squarely, that's not hyper- hyperbole. Like we are squarely mm-hmm. in the middle of one where, again, something we used to talk about years ago, uh, kind of, or at least I did, uh, being somewhat flippant when it came to uh, the unhoused population was that historically we always had more v- vacant homes and more vacant units of housing than we had unhoused people in the country. And that's really no longer the case. Um, like a lot has changed in the last decade in terms of both population growth and availability of housing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it occurs to me that one of the downsides of us not doing a bunch of shows uh, the last couple of years during the pandemic is that we sort of can't go back in time so easily and say, which of my pandemic predictions were right? Which of my pandemic predictions were wrong? When mm. was my opinion accurate? When was my opinion not accurate? In retrospect, Brendan, every single week that I can remember, I was always exactly right about all the <laughs> pandemic-related stuff. Um, I just want to—I just want to put a little put up a little flag on this week's episode, just so people in the future can point back and say how wrong I was in the beginning of March 2022. I'm in favor of us lifting these mask mandates in the city of Worcester. I think it was the right call. I think that we should all be celebrating that Gary Rosen was right about one issue, one time. His entire life. We should be celebrating. We should be giving him positive feedback for that, in my opinion. Other people will say, of course, of course he's in favor of looking at mass mandates. Gary Rosen is always wrong. I say not true. I do, do you think that there is something to be said? I've, I've been, so I had COVID at the end of January, beginning of February. Um, and so I'm still squarely in that window where uh, I think even if you just like you showed up with like a Rip Taylor sort of confetti gun full of confetti and shot it in my face, I probably couldn't mm-hmm. get COVID again right now. Yeah. Um, and, and But because of this moment in time, like I've been really torn about masks, even when I'm out in public, because it would strike me that it's, it's at this moment, it's entirely performative for me to wear a mask. Right. Like it, it's actually not this is the one time over the last two years that I just nobody should be able to make a logical <clears throat> argument that me having yeah. a mask on my face does anything. And it's actually made me rethink a little bit about the more mm. conservative take that I've had on masks over the last couple of years, because I think that's ultimately the problem. Right. Is it it's a one size it's always been a one size fits all sort of thing. And that just never works. 
yeah. never works. I mean, I'll say, despite despite Brendan and I often disagreeing about some of this COVID stuff, Brent, for me, Brendan is one of the half dozen voices during the pandemic that was like has been very key and helpful to me. Brendan was the first person who I knew personally who was really serious. Like, this is a serious thing that's going to cause serious problems. And as a result, I feel like I, in some of my social service, at least, was somewhat prophetic in that. You know, Brendan was two weeks ahead of me and I was two weeks ahead of the other people in some of my social circles and saying like, this is a serious thing. We should really take it seriously. No, I appreciate um, that. I'm yeah, just, and, yeah, I'm and, just and, and, yeah. really paranoid is all it is. That's, yeah, yeah. Well, it's good to have the, it's good to have, I mean, it's good to have con connections to the paranoid people and the non-paranoid people both so that you can, I don't know, have that, have that, have all that info to be able to reference. At least. But it's, um, you know, this is the yeah. weird thing though too, Mike, that it's, it's still not over, right? I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've both been saying this for like every time we have gotten together, like, okay, this is it, right? Like, it's definitely over, or at least had that kind of. I feel like anytime we've done a show, it's when the pressure's been uh, taken off a little bit. Yeah. Um, and like, okay, let's do a show and what have you. And then it's two and a half weeks later, it's everything goes to shit again. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, for me, it's been over for, I don't know, for me, it's been over for six months. I, I should say, I should qualify that and say, what do you mean it's been over? Like, I've taken plenty of precautions, especially anytime I'm asked. I take whatever precautions I'm asked, and I've taken plenty of precautions. Um, and I had, by the way, I got COVID on New Year's Eve of 2022. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, and my life involves enough precautions and enough restrictions in my movement that I can exactly tell you that yes, I got it from this person at this party on New Year's Eve. I know this for a fact. Um, uh, and so I'm like, I, I, I want to call this episode like endemic life, like right, like this is what people talk about, like. You have the pandemic where it's like a big problem. It's around the world. And then you have talking about and something being endemic, meaning it's like the flu. It's like mm -hmm. the common cold. It's out there. It's always around. It's always going to be around. Maybe at some point we, we cure the flu and there's nothing wrong. It would be great if we were able to cure the flu. But at this point, it doesn't seem like it's going to be like it's a super practical thing to be trying to do. And in the same way, like, I mean, the deer have COVID, like all kinds of, right? like, I mean, all kinds of wild animals have COVID. Like, you know, there's just going to be like, like SARS-CoV-2 like SARS is going to be kicking around out there in the world in one form or another for a long time to come. Right. Anyway, a lot of stuff's been going on in Worcester. Good stuff has been going on in Worcester. Bad stuff's been going on in Worcester. Good stuff's been happening in the world. Bad stuff's been happening in the world. This is really the first time I've seen you, though, since the new year uh, for a show. What are you looking forward to this year? Um, <laughs> in Worcester or in the world in general? Well, in, in the world in general, we're going to assume not nuclear war. We're both we're roughly the same age, so we roughly yeah. we grew up with the sound of air raid sirens uh, that were yeah. a little rusty, but still need to be tested every month. So yeah, yeah I, I'm sure yeah. that that anxiety is there. But no, in Worcester, yeah. uh, I'm just looking forward to getting back into things. I mean, I think I've been saying this since we since th th we did a show last spring um, that like I still feel like the world, my little world, has not like. Re quite recovered from covid stuff you know mm -hmm. like i don't know like my social life is just not back to where it was right. like the number of events like i don't are, are people having the events that i want to go to in the city of western i'm not like not even aware of them i'm like looking around actively which is something i never used to do i feel like events used to come over and bop me over the head but not now well they they are but oddly enough i feel like i've been cut out of them uh unintentionally like i know tyler the creator was at the dcu center two weeks ago uh mm. three years ago that is a show that i would have known was happening um and it happened and it was sold out and it didn't even penetrate my universe which yeah. so maybe i just I, I aged rapidly over the course <laughs> of two years but i feel like there are <laughs> lots of things happening that are um 
yeah, they're just skirting by me in terms of awareness. I mean, I can imagine that the pandemic would um, accelerate certain societal trends of isolation and, you know, bowling alone kind of stuff. And I can also imagine just in terms of individuals, like, you know, like every individual, most individuals at least become you know, somewhat, somewhat less uh, social as they get older. And I can imagine that the whole cohort of everybody who's been alive during this pandemic is going to be less social, mm-hmm. you know, at the age of 60 than the previous generation was at the age of 60. And probably the next generation will be at the age of 60. Yeah. Um, just because you've had two years where it's just been easier for you to follow that vibe. And, the, the, you know, there has been less temptation to, you know, be out there and stay social. Like, that's something that I, I actively want to do. And I'm like a pretty introverted person, but I, I, I'm like, I'm ready. I'm the same way that like, I'm like, would be ready to do a triathlon. I'm like, I'm ready to go to some events, man. I may not like it. I may be out there. My knee may hurt. I may be out there puking my guts out, but I'll be going. I'll go to I'll go to a restaurant. Hell yeah, man. I'll go to I'll go to a comedy show. You know, I don't care if I break my ankle at the comedy show. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to stay at that comedy show. I, don't I think care. that's the thing that I'm having trouble with is I've done a bunch of the things that I thought I used to enjoy doing. And I don't really like restaurants in particular. Uh, like, I just don't find it as enjoyable as I once did. And, and it yeah. isn't just like the restrictions and whatever. It, it, like we before masks were gone, having to wear the performative stuff. Mm-hmm. And um. It's not that. It's just I feel like something has changed about the process that it seems less uh, less impromptu. Um, it seems less spontaneous, and mm-hmm. it's um, it's a little bit of the joys. But that said, as it's been getting warmer, been back on the motorcycle and whatnot, and and just physically being closer to other humans, like someone walking down the sidewalk, I could like touch a stranger if I want. It'd be weird. I don't do that, but I could in theory or a car, yeah. you know, like even just being right next to somebody in a car where like you're physically that much closer because you're not in your bubble. They're in their mm-hmm. bubble still, but you're not in yours. Um, man, it feels good. I, I miss people. It, similarly, I've always thought of myself as an introvert. Um, and I guess that's not really the case at all. Like, cause that's the one thing I miss is people. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Me too. Me too. Any any of the five away people out there, you know, who have some events going on, let me know. Let me know. I'll go to me if I don't want to. Like I said, I don't care. I don't Especially care. here. Yeah. I mean, because I would love to actually be helping. I, I think that's something that has to have changed a little bit is the way marketing is going to work. And again, I have no idea what's happening. So like if you want to just shel- selfishly uh, promote stuff to us uh, so you have two more people coming to an event, please do it because uh, I'm completely cut out. But I would also love to participate in helping market some events that are coming up as well too you know it's funny I, people i think people used to market events to me a lot through facebook and facebook is something which i very much maybe like a big a lot of other people have really stopped using a lot so much in yeah. recent years i've been trying to use it to find events but again facebook is like not doing it for me so well um i feel like like the the big media trend big media trend for me during the pandemic has been like Substack and really adopting that and using yeah. that a lot more um and like you know like the blogs that i read are not going to market Worcester events, right? But man, if somebody had a, like a s- serious Worcester events sub stack, I would subscribe to that. Like if you had something that really events that appealed to me and my little demographic or whatever, if you had other, if you had some other sub stack and you just wanted to mention a Worcester event occasionally, that yeah. seems like a, I, or I don't know how people are finding these events. Again, somewhat, people don't want me to go to these events. So I understand that this is why they don't market them to me. They're marketing them around you. But yeah, it, yeah. it is funny how I feel like um, over the last 15 years maybe it's like i've gone personally from wanting nothing more than to move everything into some sort of some form of social media uh so it was like all-encompassing and everything was accessible 
And now we're right back to where we started, where I want nothing more than Charlene Arsenal to uh, publish a calendar and a paper version yeah. of Blister Magazine. Yeah. 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 Well, you know what they say, Brendan? They say that Brent crude oil is $110 a barrel, down 2% on the week, up 62% on the year, and up 34% since our last show in November. And Brendan, people have made fun of me for a long time on this show for talking about the price of Brent crude oil. Yeah. Those people are not laughing now, man, because we they are not. No. Oil oil prices are, are, are real. Oil prices are an important indicator. Uh, Bitcoin is $39,200, down 7% on the week and down 30% on the year and down 36% since our last show. Uh, today's Worcester Air Quality Index is 50 due to small particles, which is twice as bad as our last show. And it's almost out of the good range and into the moderate range. So, and this is maybe why I'm coughing today is because the air in Worcester is twice as polluted as it usually is today. Do you have any idea why that is the case? I never can figure out why that happens. I never have any idea. Right? It's not like it's forest fires or anything. It's just, no, I mean, it's like, what are they doing in Paxton, though, that could be causing this? Yeah. Trouble? I mean, it's, I think whenever the wind is blowing from Holden into Worcester, all that, all that smog comes in here. Yeah. It makes a problem for us. Build that um, wall. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at uh, metaculus.com, which is a uh, prediction market, um, and there's a cool there's a cool Twitter account called Metaculus Prediction Updates, a bot that tweets whenever the Metaculus community prediction for a question on the Ukraine conflict changes significantly, and one thing they have looked at is the uh, price of Brent crude oil. This is basically a thing where people are betting on what they think the price price of Brent crude oil will be in maybe a more specific way than they would on the futures markets. And yesterday, on the question, will Brent crude oil get more than $140 a barrel before May the 1st? Yesterday, people on Metaculus were bidding like 95% that it would. And today, they're only betting like 60% that it would. Huh. So people have some confidence in the energy market's ability to, uh, to rebound or, I don't know, something with the Russian situation to change a lot since May the 1st. Probably both of those. Interesting. What yeah. are you, what are your thoughts on uh I mean I heard what the the entirety of the Worcester City Council thinks about uh Ukraine as well as uh, a history lesson uh, a revisionist history lesson on the the Cuban missile crisis uh where's your head at in terms of Ukraine right now from a local perspective I'm not actually asking about your thoughts on cuz I, I actually think this is the thing that is going to blindside we'll go back 2 years us first talking about covid yeah, I think, I think we're we're doing the same sort of thing right now, where people actually think that something magic is going to happen in the next couple of weeks, and <laughs> gas prices are going to go back to where they should be. Mm -hmm. And that's not likely to happen, right? Like it's just it's just not likely to happen. But I, I think if you you look at the way trend lines are going, you probably have another dollar or so. Uh, in Massachusetts, is expensive for energy to begin with. I think if you had about a, about a dollar to go for a gallon of gasoline before political tones start changing about what needs to be done. And I think a lot of that has a local state and a statewide impact um, that we're going to feel directly. And it's going to change a lot, could change as much as Joe Petty's uh, uh, Senate race, right? I mean, yeah, because it's yeah. already being discussed, uh, rolling back our 24 cent gas gasoline tax in Massachusetts, at least temporarily to offer mm -hmm. some release relief. It's, um, there's a lot going on there that actually comes back to us directly that I, I feel like is still the luxury of ignoring just slightly, but is going to impact yeah. us greatly over the next couple months. You know, I have opinions about Ukraine stuff and I have opinions about gas prices stuff just because as an adult and citizen in a democracy, mm -hmm. like that's how it works. Like 
I, you know, it's a, you know, it's a summation of all of our opinions, what we end up doing. Um, I don't, I don't particularly want to like talk about that issue from my own opinion, just because I feel like my opinion is pretty Mm -hmm. minimally founded, you know, my, whatever, my opinion about mask mandates or whatever is based on some amount of, you know, worrying about it and thinking about it. Not that I'm some expert in it, but it's based about something. Whereas, you know, Ukraine stuff for me is like, I, you know, I'm reading all about it like everybody else is, but I don't feel like I, uh, I don't feel like I have a 508 worthy opinion. Have you thought about going to that low bar? I've never been there. No. Have you, have you thought about going now? Uh, you mean to like join the the Ukrainian Foreign Legion? Well, I, they, they've closed the doors on that now. They've got all the bodies they need currently. But I mean, there's a lot of humanitarian work being done on the uh, the Polish border side of things as well. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's I get a lot of JetBlue miles, man. We can we can go together. I would be interested in doing it. It doesn't seem like it would be a, like I would be the. It would be a great use of my time, just mm. in that like um, like <laughs> like like it would just make more sense for me to like take that thousand dollars or whatever it would cost you to fly there and give that to somebody doing something in Poland. Yeah. That like having me on the ground there, like I'm not like the the great. I mean, I am partly Polish, and I'm sure everybody there will really that will resonate with them very strongly. Then but I don't think that I don't think that like having my magic hands on the ground or my magic feet on the ground there in Poland is like what they need particularly. No, I, I guess the only reason I'm asking is I I do think this is the one the one time in recent memory that I feel uh, there has been more people than I would have expected actually interested in, in uprooting and going someplace where there's a conflict, regardless of what the reason being. A lot of people working on the humanitarian side, a lot of people, I mean, I, I know some people who have back picked up and gone for uh, hoping to find combat roles and whatnot. That's a weird thing. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I don't remember in, a, you know, 2003, like hearing, be, sitting at the Boynton and hearing a bunch of people saying, hey, I'm going to Iraq, but not with like the army. Like, right, just like I'm going own. freelance. I'm yeah. going to the right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess because in that case, it's like if you want to go to right, there's a real straightforward way that you can do it as an American citizen. Whereas if you want to go fight in Ukraine, you got to kind of freestyle it. Yeah. Um, the city council hasn't had any Ukraine related business particularly, have they? I mean, I know they probably mentioned it, but I've it's been surprising no. to me. I, I, you know, um, it's always surprising to me the the random junk that the city council ends up talking about or we're discussing this is why whenever people complain like oh we can't have we can't talk about nuclear disarmament because it's not germane to the business of the city of worcester it's like a ton of the stuff that you guys isn't germane to anything come on come on you may not you may think that it's you may think that you know you got to draw the line there and that's fine but you can't be like oh yeah we're normally really focused group of people (laughs) come on come on the only thing that they have done um was i think it was two weeks ago there was uh, a uh, a gathering, uh, an anti-war gathering um, in Lincoln Square, and then there was one uh, not long after in front of City Hall that yeah. the, I think the majority of the council attended, and then they had a fl- Ukrainian flag raising, which I believe that flag is now down. Um, but... So wait, so were the city councilors counter-protesting the anti-war rally? I think it was a it was a split of uh, five to four. No, no. I mean, they were there. It was all... just like, well, let's just all hang out. It's just all Ukraine pro con. We're just all gonna like chill. They'll be together. Yeah. Uh, some people were blue and yellow. Some people wore red, white, and blue, but in an odd pattern. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was at the I was at the anti war rally in um, Lincoln Square. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I don't know. It was what was the turnout like? Uh, you know, it was like 20, 25 people. I don't know. That might even be an exaggeration. But that was you know, a really was, cold night. So, I mean, it, it, that's it was a cold day. Out. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's, you know, there's we've had Scott Schaefer Duffy on here to talk before. Like, that's sort of like the regular Tuesday, 
mm-hmm. anti-war rally in Lincoln Square that's been going on for 30 years. So part of it's like, why are you here? And it's like, because we're here, whatever war is going on in the world, we're here to protest it that week. People always talk about, you know, thoughts and prayers as being like a worthless thing. And people are like, oh, our thoughts and prayers are with you. It's like, why don't you just do something more active than thoughts and prayers, maybe, bro. But for me, this is a thoughts and prayers situation. This is like, pretty much, that's what I can do as far as like mm-hmm. things going well for Ukraine. It's like sending some positive vibes their way and trying to, and just like being mindful in my own life, which is arguably totally worthless. And it's yeah. arguably all that I can do. Short of, short of joining the Ukrainian Foreign Legion, which I'm not qualified to do. Yeah. Uh, it's all that I can do. Well, how are your knees doing though? My knees are my knees are getting a lot better. Awesome. So I mean, you're on the way to being qualified. Then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and my health has been good. My 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 uh, my bout of COVID was not bad. I have not been having any long COVID, anything like that. Mine has been miserable, but I'm glad you're doing well. Yeah, my brain doesn't yeah. work. My sense of smell is back. That was the first thing that came back, just to discover that everything in Worcester smells terrible. Um, mm. But uh, the memory stuff—that's wild. Brain fog. You still, you, you still haven't, you still haven't brain fog from COVID. Yeah, it's um, I, I can't tell if it's gotten better or I'm just getting used to it. But it's um, it, it it's to me it's hilarious because it really does just remind me of the way uh the brain cloud was um described in the uh, classic Tom Hanks movie Joe versus the volcano. Oh, and like that's probably my favorite movie of all time. So I feel like I've just become an unwanted participant in uh the recasting of that film yeah whenever you have brain cloud from covid at this point i mean our, our doctor is telling you like oh you should be doing this or you should be doing that or the, the consensus is you should just like wait a while and see what happens so the three things that i've been dealing with uh the brain fog is huge um respiratory it's my lungs are perfectly clear uh but i can't like t- if i take a full breath it doesn't feel like i'm moving a full breath's worth of oxygen mm. that's been really problematic like working out and whatnot um and then heart rate, like I could just be sitting still and heart will ju- heart rate will just shoot through the roof mm. for no obvious reason. Um, of those three things, the brain fog is the only one I have seen my doctor and is the only one that he is somewhat concerned about. Um, and it seems like because more and more research is indicating uh, at least the potential for um, real and lasting uh, effects of COVID uh, impacting the brain um, that aren't like. I'm sorry. You look. I saw. Well, I saw that. I saw that. It's like it sh- could. There was. I don't know. I'm. I'm always. I'm always a little. Little wary that sometimes these studies are exaggerating these yep. things for excitement's purposes. But one headline I saw the other day was, or I think you sent to me, was like, long COVID might shrink the brain as much as ten years of aging. Yeah, a couple, a couple small regions of the brain showing uh, markedly decreased, uh, uh, decrease in size. And but that study, to your point, was. It, there was nobody who participated who was under the age of 50 and it wasn't until you got to 75 that the changes became pronounced Hmm. um, and of concern. Uh, One of the studies that I'd seen that um, did seem like it had some good data to it, but again, the population uh, size was mostly skewed older in the UK. It was a study of cadaveric dissections of people who had died of COVID um, and in 20% of uh, brain dissections, they were seeing what looked like the early early stages of Alzheimer's. Mm. Mm. But I mean, it's not a huge population, and it's a um, it's an older population. So it, you could very well have just discovered that more people have early signs of Alzheimer's than previously thought. thought. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. 
But it does seem how, like it's the one thing that my doctor was concerned about. How bad was your COVID? Like, how many days were you in sick in bed for? Three days of um, wild fever, uh, like no sleep, just a wild fever with a crazy headache. Um, and then it, it, it was gone as soon as it came on, mm. other than like the exhaustion that would go along with uh, sweating <laughs> profusely for 72 hours. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the lingering stuff, it's been... It's been weird, man. Good luck. I hope I hope that you make a full recovery. Me too. I liked my brain. I mean, I there were a lot of people in Worcester that I feel like would have been more than happy if we took it out and put yeah. it in a jar a long time ago. But I, I was I was just kind of getting used to it. For my part, I feel like I don't really do anything with my brain. I mean, luckily, I didn't have any brain shrinkage that, that I'm aware of. But if I had some brain shrinkage, it's like, what am I doing with my brain anyway? Not nothing really. There was another study I was reading last week, though, that as much as little as one drink of alcohol a day can also shrink your brain. So, I mean, I, <laughs> this thing might be the size of like a, an old piece of chewing gum at this point. That's... Yeah. 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 Well, Brendan, this has been a cool uh, this has been a, a cool uh, format for doing this show. Um, it's nice to be able to play YouTube's up as part of the show and not have it be a big production drama. Yeah. No. Well, and it was nice to. Uh... Nice to get yeah. back together again. We should we should do this more often. We'll we'll do this more often. We'll we'll keep doing this on this platform. And um, I didn't even get to talk trash about Bill Shaner this week. Next week for sure. We'll have it as a segment. <laughs> Coming for my you. criticism, my weekly criticism of Bill. But th that will be for another episode. Brendan, it's great talking to you. Pleasure, Mike. We'll see you People soon. People at home, great talking to you too. We'll see you later. Later.